48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. Beijing and Hong Kong condemn further US sanctions against local and mainland officials. Matthew Cheung dismisses a speculation talk that Beijing plans to disqualify pro-democracy lawmakers. And local power companies say they'll freeze tariffs, but lawmakers demand cuts. Beijing has condemned a new round of sanctions imposed by Washington against four mainland and local officials as a serious violation of international law and blatant interference in Hong Kong's affairs. Foreign Ministry spokesman Wang Wenbin said the US should immediately withdraw the so-called sanctions and not go further down the wrong road. Meanwhile, the two senior officers targeted by the sanctions say they're not bothered by the US action. Damon Pang reports. Deputy Police Commissioner Edwin Lau says attempts by the U.S. government to use so-called sanctions to strike a blow to the forces' work on national security will be futile. Ms. Lau, who is one of four Hong Kong and mainland officials hit by a new round of sanctions from Washington, says she's not at all scared by the move and is proud to be in charge of the police's national security unit. In a statement issued by the Forces Public Relations Department, she says she is determined to keep carrying out her work on national security. Another of the latest officials to be sanctioned, Senior Superintendent Steve Lee, says maintaining national security is the natural responsibility of police officers in any place. He says he is determined to enforce the law and is unshaken by the sanctions. Mr Lee says defending Hong Kong and serving in the force are an honour for him and he will continue to carry out his duties. A deputy director of the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Zheng Zhonghua, and a deputy director of the Office for Safeguarding National Security, Li Jiangzhou, are the other two officials being slapped with sanctions this week. They will be barred from travelling to the US and any of their US-related assets will be blocked. Acting Chief Executive Matthew Chung says the sanctions are unacceptable, outrageous and barbaric. We are doing our job to protect, safeguard Hong Kong and the national security, the nation's security. Absolutely, it's incumbent on Hong Kong officials to do that. Incumbent on Hong Kong people to safeguard national security is our obligation. We are obliged to do it. We should do it. So we are not going to be intimidated by any of these actions. Uh, in fact, this is a clearly breaching international practice. Hong Kong's two power companies say they'll be freezing electricity tariffs next year because of low fuel prices, but lawmakers across the political spectrum weren't impressed, saying they'd expected tariff cuts instead. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow also noted that electricity bills will actually go up because a $2,000 government's electricity subsidy is due to expire next month. He's pushing for the power companies to give back to the community. We actually asked the two companies to account for what sort of plan they would have to carry on with some sort of rebate to the public and also what sort of other kinds of benefits they would provide to the public in order to alleviate the pain of the public. RTHK has learned that the government may announce by tomorrow new quarantine exemptions for Hong Kongers returning from Guangdong and Macau. However, they would be required to have tested negative for coronavirus from a recognised testing agency. This will be a one-way arrangement for now. Hong Kong travellers heading across the border still need to quarantine for two weeks after arrival. Infectious disease expert Dr Leung Chi Chu from the Medical Association says Hong Kong likely has to go 14 straight days without any cases, any local cases, to ease mainland concerns about the territory. The test cannot replace quarantine because the nucleic acid test can only tell us that we do not harbor the virus at 
that moment, uh, Ralph Sessimans was collected, and you cannot tell what will happen next. And because there is still local transmission in Hong Kong, there is uh, every risk that someone may be infected within uh, the 14-day incubation period. Even they are tested negative before uh, they go to the other side, they may turn from negative to positive after the incubation period. Health officials recorded nine new coronavirus cases today, five local and four imported. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. The government is fast-tracking plans to offer free COVID-19 tests for school teachers and staff in Taipo, where a spate of coronavirus infections have been reported. Here's Wendy Wong. Free coronavirus testing will be offered this week to teachers and staff working at schools and kindergartens in Taipo. That's according to Acting Chief Executive Matthew Chang, who said officials are aware of the concern of schools in the district, and so it has asked the contractor providing virus tests to act quickly. He said teachers and staff from about 80 schools and kindergartens in Taipo will be given specimen collection bottles within this week. A testing scheme is already in place for teachers and staff at kindergartens as well as primary and secondary schools across the city. The Education Bureau has said participation is voluntary. Mr Chung also said some 2,600 people have used the mobile testing stations and vans set up by the government in Taipo in recent days. Health authorities have been handing out testing kits to residents and set up three testing centres there to collect saliva specimens. The acting CE said the response has been positive and the government will review whether there's a need to extend the service. He also announced that social distancing measures that are set to expire on Friday will be extended for another week. The government said people have been less vigilant after certain restrictions were eased last month. Overseas and one of the leading Palestinian political figures of the past 30 years, Saib Erekat, has died at the age of 65 after contracting COVID-19. The Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas described his death as a huge loss for the Palestinian people and has declared three days of mourning. His feelings were echoed by the Palestinian legislator and activist Hanan Ashrawi. Dr. Saib Erekat was an indefatigable Palestinian fighter for Palestinian rights, for justice, for peace, for freedom. He was somebody who devoted his whole life to ensuring that Palestinian rights are vindicated. Saib Erekat was a chief Palestinian negotiator in talks with Israel for more than two decades, strongly advocating full Palestinian statehood. Japan has recorded its highest number of suicide in five years, which campaigners are blaming on the impact of the coronavirus, especially among women. Police logged 2,153 suicides in October, many of them by women. Here's the BBC's Celia Hatton. The coronavirus pandemic has led a disproportionate number of women in Japan to lose their jobs, and that's been linked to a steep rise in suicides. Some women told the national broadcaster, NHK, they felt suicidal after experiencing extreme financial anxiety, with some eating one meal every two days or only using public toilets to save money on water bills. Police logged 2,153 suicides in October, showing a more than 80% rise in women killing themselves from the same month last year. Russia is deploying hundreds of peacekeeping troops to Nagorno-Karabakh and surrounding territories after Armenia and Azerbaijan agreed to end six weeks of war. The BBC's Jonah Fisher has more details. 
This isn't a total defeat for Armenia, but it's not far short of that. Effectively, Azerbaijan hold on to all the territory that it's managed to gain over the last six weeks of fighting. That's six weeks pretty much in which Azerbaijan has made steady progress. Also, more territory will be given up that's held by Armenia. That's territory alongside Nagorno-Karabakh. So there will be withdrawals from those areas in the next few weeks. The European Union's Competition Commissioner, Margrethe Vestager, has announced antitrust charges against Amazon over its online retail practices. The BBC's Theo Liggett reports. The European Commission's concerns focus on the fact that Amazon uses its website not only to sell its own goods, but also as a marketplace for other vendors, many of them small businesses. It believes the company uses the data it gathers on third-party sales in order to make its own products more competitive. The Commission also claims Amazon may give preferential treatment to companies which use its own logistics and delivery services. Amazon said it disagreed with the Commission's assertions and insisted that no other company cared more about small businesses. Back locally, the acting chief executive Matthew Chung says media reports that Beijing is planning to disqualify a number of pro-democracy lawmakers for filibustering are just speculative. More from Jimmy Choi. Reports say the MPC Standing Committee could discuss the issue of Leshko filibustering during its ongoing meeting in the capital. Exactly how it could strip pro-democracy lawmakers of their seats remains unclear, although there are suggestions that interpretation of the basic law is on the cards, or that councillors could be accused of violating the oaths of office. Before the weekly Executive Council meeting, Matthew Chung was asked whether such a move by Beijing would mean that the mainland and SAR governments would only allow pro-establishment voices in the council in future, and what signal this would send to the international community. But he insisted that he would not comment on what he calls speculative and unverified reports. We don't comment, we're not in a position to comment on speculative reports in the media. So uh, I'm afraid you have to excuse us at this stage, you know, we have no nothing to offer, nothing to comment. Mr Chen said everyone can see that the problem of lawmakers making quorum calls during council meetings, it's very serious and that this has affected LegCo's work. But he said the government doesn't want there to be any big changes in the legislature. And Beijing also wants lawmakers to be able to continue to carry out their duties. An RTHK producer has appeared in court accused of violating the road traffic ordinance in relation to the public broadcaster's efforts to trace those behind the vicious mob attack in Yunlong on July the 21st last year. Francis Sitt reports. Bao Choi was flanked by colleagues and other supporters as she attended the hearing at Fanling Magistracy. She was arrested last week and charged with two counts of violating the ordinance, but allegedly making false statements when conducting vehicle registration searches. The searches for an RTHK documentary on the Yunlong violence were to find the owners of cars seen carrying some of the suspected perpetrators of the gang attack. The magistrate adjourned the case until January the 14th to give the police more time for the investigation. Ms Choi was released on bail. Members of the RTHK program staff union, as well as pro-democracy activists and other members of the public showed up for the court hearing to support the TV producer. Some of them held up placards which read, without fear or flavor, journalism is not a crime, and who wants the public kept in the dark? 
A police sergeant has been given 160 hours of community service for assaulting a female colleague during a row over alcohol. Wang Yinting reports. Lan Kwok Wang, who's 40, pleaded guilty to common assault after grabbing police constable So Ling Ya by the hair at a restaurant in Yunlong on April the 19th. The pair were among a group of 10 officers who flouted Hong Kong's four-person gathering limit to go for dinner to mark Miss So leaving the force. Two Moon Magistrates' court heard how Leung became angry when Miss So mocked him for not wanting to drink any more alcohol. The sergeant pulled the 31-year-old's hair during the dispute, causing her pain and leaving her scalp swollen. Police said at the time that Miss So went to hospital for treatment after the assault. They added that they had sent officers to the scene of the incident, but by the time they arrived, their colleagues had already left. Lem blamed his behaviour on family issues and pressure. The force earlier said that he had been suspended from duty. The city's largest teachers' union is calling for the Education Bureau to stop entertaining anonymous complaints against educators. The Professional Teachers' Union also found a majority of respondents to a survey of school principals did not find the reasons given by the Education Bureau for disqualifying a primary school teacher last month to be convincing. The Bureau deregistered the licence of the teacher on the grounds that he promoted Hong Kong independence through class materials he designed. His union president, Fung Wai Wa. It affected teachers because they think that, well, with this kind of problems or difficulties in the teaching materials, well, how come the outcome will be so serious? And it implies that there are, well, actually some political motives behind for dealing with this complaint while condemning of the teachers and in such a mass, well, well, quantity. So it induces some kinds of uh, sense of white terror among the teachers. Formula One has unveiled its largest calendar ever with 23 races scheduled for next year. Saudi Arabia will host an event for the first time with a race scheduled for Jeddah on November 28th. But there's no such green light for Vietnam, which is absent from the 2021 calendar. And the NBA will have a shorter schedule in the new season. The league and its players' association have reached a deal for a 72-game regular season that begins on December the 22nd. That's down from the usual 82 games. The previous season was disrupted by COVID-19 and didn't finish until last month. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Beijing and Hong Kong condemn further US sanctions against local and mainland officials. Matthew Cheung dismisses as speculation talk that Beijing is planning to disqualify pro-democracy lawmakers. And local power companies say they'll freeze tariffs, but lawmakers demand cuts. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3. It's time now to look at stories covered in this evening's news wrap programme. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong has suggested that Beijing could step in to counter pro-democracy lawmakers delaying tactics in LegCo by reinterpreting the basic law and defining whether or not such behaviour amounts to disloyalty to the SAR. Mr Tong was speaking amid media reports that the National People's Congress Standing Committee is planning to pave the way for some pan-democratic legislators to be disqualified for filibustering. He said making frequent quorum calls at LegCo meetings would not be in itself a breach of allegiance to the SAR, but the matter becomes debatable if the delaying tactics seriously hinder or even paralyse the work of the legislature. He spoke to Wendy Wong. There is no clear definition as to what constitutes 
breach of the oath in relation to electrical members taking the oath. In that regard, there really should be some guideline, if not regulation or legislation, to spell out what conduct would constitute supporting and upholding the basic law and what conduct would constitute being loyal to the Hong Kong SAR. So in that regard, if the uh, NPCSC were to make a decision or to give an interpretation of Article 104, I wouldn't be too surprised. What I would say, however, is that I hope any definition given in relation to Article 104 should not, on the face of it, create any conflict with the provision of Article 79, where it was provided that if a legislator were to act in breach of the oath, he could be disqualified through two-third majority of LegCo. That uh, has already been provided for under the basic law. And therefore, I, I hope that the NPCSC will not create another mechanism or another procedure whereby a legislator could be disqualified. But do you think the um, filibustering by pan-democratic lawmakers is such a serious misconduct that constitutes um, the violation of the basic law? Well, I think it's a matter of degree. Uh, I think all legislatures would permit a certain degree of filibustering. But in other jurisdictions, there are clear restrictions to keep the filibustering within acceptable degrees. In other words, very few jurisdictions will allow legislators to filibuster so as to bring a complete halt to the work of the legislature. Unfortunately, in Hong Kong, we haven't actually got that. That is the reason why you see that last year, certain members uh, were able to prevent the normal uh, operation of LegCo uh, for as long as over seven months. Now, that, that is uh, certainly not acceptable in many jurisdictions. Therefore, I can see that there may well be a need to define clearly what would constitute not upholding the basic law or being loyal to the Hong Kong SAR, in the sense that if you filibuster to the extent that you have you, you, you then bring to a complete standstill of the operation of the LegCo, then it becomes very difficult for people to accept that you are still upholding the basic law or being loyal to the SAR. What would you think of the plan by the pan-democratic lawmakers to resign if any of them are disqualified? I, I hope they won't do that. Uh, I think a healthy legislature would require different voices uh, or even opposing certain policies or certain legislation. But no uh, legislator can properly function if there are people there who would oppose everything, every policy, every legislation put forward, because that kind of attitude uh, is not conducive to the normal workings of any community. So I certainly hope that the Democrats will not leave LegCo on block. Uh, I don't think that's a wise move. Uh, it doesn't achieve anything. It will simply uh, enable uh, the uh, pro-establishment parties to pass any law which uh, they seem fit. And it wouldn't be very satisfactory or beneficial to uh, the whole of Hong Kong. The city's largest teachers' union is calling for the Education Bureau to stop entertaining anonymous complaints against educators. The Professional Teachers' Union says a slew of ungrounded complaints is interfering with schools' ability to teach in a normal environment. The union also found a majority of respondents to a survey of school principals did not find the reasons given by the Education Bureau for disqualifying a primary school teacher last month to be convincing. 
The Bureau deregistered the licence of the teacher on the grounds that he promoted Hong Kong independence through class materials he designed. The union's president, Fung Wai Wah, spoke to Jimmy Choi. As a whole, they think that the uh, process is actually unfair. And also, the uh, well, decision to uh, deregister the teacher is not fair and not uh, reasonable. There are over 70% of the principals think that the decision uh, is actually unreasonable. How has this uh, incident affected the teacher's morale? Well, it affected teachers because they think that, well, how come the outcome will be so serious? And it implies that uh, there are actually some political motives behind for doing all these kinds of uh, complaint, condemning of teachers, and in such a mass quantity. So it induces some kinds of uh, sense of white terror among the teachers. And also, according to the survey, nearly half of the um, school principals being interviewed uh, said they had received um, anonymous uh, complaints against teachers in the past. So is that a problem? Yeah, I think it is a problem because uh, well, a school is uh, actually a place that need to have a quiet and uh, well normal environment so that they can deliver their teaching and the students can learn effectively. But right now, there are so many anonymous complaints. Uh, most of them are actually ungrounded. And uh, this will cause some kind of interruption to the normal teaching, to the uh, normal running of the school. And also, the schools will become more cautious and refrain from uh, teaching or in a professional manner. So I think it will eventually affect well, the professional teaching. What do you think the government should do to rectify the situation and also the sort of culture complaints mm. right now? I think the first one is to, to really actually implement the uh, school-based management so that schools are uh, actually having the autonomy to deal with the, their own business. And the second one is uh, to actually should refrain from entertaining anonymous complaint because uh, it will induce uh, the abuse or use of the complaint mechanism and also uh, it will um, induce the uh, unnecessary interruption to the uh, normal running of the school. A patient's rights group has welcomed the launch of a government scheme that subsidises Hong Kong people seeking medical treatment in the mainland, but believe the subsidy should have come sooner. It's estimated that more than 30,000 people living across the border haven't been able to attend consultations at public hospitals here because of quarantine rules. The government will now give people 2,000 yuan to see doctors at the University of Hong Kong Shenzhen Hospital instead. A spokesman for the Patients' Rights Association, Tim Pang, told Wendy Wong that it's better late than never. We know some patients are stuck in the Guantanamo province before. Actually, they have waited for the plan for quite some time because a few months ago, like in July or August this year, they already had someone a message suggesting the government provide such medical services in Hong Yu Shenzhen Hospital. Those we know, they have waited for the plan for quite some time because of medical condition. They uh, has already gone back to Hong Kong for medical treatment. Uh, it will still serve some patients in Guangdong uh, province, but it's still uh, remains to be seen whether the number of patients uh, going to the hospital will be uh, large enough. But the doctors working at the Shenzhen Hospital are mainland doctors. Are you worried there may be yeah. some problems because of differences in our medical systems or communications issues? According to the hospital in chief, um, Dr. Lo, Lo Chongmao, 
they would try to arrange doctors who can speak Cantonese or uh, with um, some uh, supervision uh, from Hong Kong doctors. I think, yes, uh, it, it's a concern, but we think um, the hospital would try to provide a, uh, up to standard treatment to Hong Kong patients. It's hard to see whether Hong Kong patients studying uh, Guam province will have confidence over the uh, doctor in uh, the Fengshan Hospital. The scheme is introduced for people stuck on the mainland due to the pandemic, but do you think it should continue uh, when the pandemic is over? It is um, a national uh, policy that we're talking about uh, the great area integration. Starting from medical service may be uh, one of the areas that um, the government of both central and uh, Hong Kong government are looking uh, for. So um, if um, the final project now using, due to the pandemic, uh, using Sunshine Hospital as a start, if it is successful, maybe it will be convenient to those uh, Hong Kong people living in particular area can benefit in the future. Denmark is slaughtering millions of mink at fur farms nationwide following an outbreak of coronavirus on the farms in the far north of the country. Scientists are concerned that mutations of coronavirus found in the animals could potentially hamper the effectiveness of future vaccines for humans. The BBC's Adrian Murray has this report from Funan in southeast Denmark. Outside Martin Fromm's farm in rural Funan, a Danish flag flies at half-mast. Behind a fence, long huts stand row upon row, housing thousands of mink. In, in total with the breeders, we have 65,000 minks. The coming week, uh, all will be put down. Coronavirus has been spreading rapidly through Denmark's mink farms. More than a fifth are now infected. The government says around 17 million animals must be killed even healthy ones. Workers at the farm are racing to slaughter and skin the minks. There are forklift trucks going back and forth and inside one of the, the barns there's a machine running. And later the military will also be stopping by to make checks. Following in his father and grandfather's footsteps, Mr. Fromm is a third generation fur farmer. Now though, he says there's no future in it. We've been working with this for 60 years uh, in my family, so it's it's a hard blow to us uh, that it has to end this way. Denmark is the world's biggest producer of mink fur and home to more than a thousand farms. It's an almost billion dollar business with exports mostly destined to China and Hong Kong. However, mutations discovered in coronavirus in minks have triggered worries that it could hamper the effectiveness of a future vaccine. As well as nationwide culls, Denmark's Prime Minister, Meta Friedrichsen, announced a lockdown in the far northwest of the country. Right now, the eyes of the world are watching us. I hope and believe that together we can solve the problems we face. Scientists from Starting Serum Institute in Copenhagen first raised the alert. Professor Anders Fomsgaard is the head of virus research there. He's been studying coronavirus in both humans and minks. Mutation happens all the time, but once in a while these mutation happens in the spike protein. Neutralizing antibodies are targeting this and also all the vaccines that are being tested out there are based 
on the spike protein. So we're a little nervous once we see mutation that changes amino acids and the shape of this protein. Several different mutations have been discovered. One, called Cluster 5, is of particular concern. 12 people are known to have contracted it, while more than 200 have caught other mink-related strains of the virus. Professor Fomsgaard stresses that so far the worry about the vaccine is a hypothetical one and that further laboratory investigations are being carried out. We have some concerns, but it's important to emphasise that we haven't shown this is an issue. The word lockdown has been awarded Word of the Year by the Collins Dictionary, published annually in Glasgow. Other COVID-related words include self-isolate and away from the pandemic, TikToker, meaning someone who uses the popular video sharing app. The BBC's John McManus has more. Perhaps it's unsurprising that Collins Dictionary has named the noun lockdown as its word of the year, after experts said its popular usage had jumped since 2019. The term was originally a piece of prison vocabulary. Its new application perhaps matching a wider sense that some freedoms have been curtailed. The impact of the pandemic is felt in the rest of the shortlist, which includes furlough and key worker. But an escape of one kind has also made it into the top ten. Megxit, referring to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex's highly publicised move to North America. Those stories were part of the Newswrap programme, which was broadcast on RTHK earlier this evening. The Community Care Fund disperses a $10,000 allowance for new arrivals in low-income families. Persons from low-income families who are aged 18 or above and have settled in Hong Kong for less than seven years can apply. Phased application starts on September 27th. Online applications and paper form submissions are accepted for either direct payment to a sole name bank account or cheque payment. Application closes on December 31st, 2020. Visit the fund's website or call 3988-1810 to learn more. Live across Hong Kong, this is Radio 3. January to December, we'll have moments to Moments to remember, and that means nostalgia time. Nostalgia with Ray Cudero from now until 1 a.m.
That was the lovely Estralita, Little Star, played by Mentovani. The recollection of old favors now with Frankie. Frank Fontaine. Please do. 